everybody. Welcome to Flip Switch, the Bipolar Depression Connection, brought to you by the Child and Adolescent Bipolar Foundation. That is C-A-B-F, www.bpkids.org online. Uh, if you add the, the slash and the flip switch, you'll go right to our little page. And with me today is not Ryan. It is the other famous co-host. Amy Lynn. Amy Lynn. Amy Lynn, you've been listening to the roundtables. Yes, I, hope I have. That you were a part of. It's been what two or three weeks since you actually recorded it. It's been two weeks ago. So how do you feel two weeks out from it? I think it went really well. It was interesting to find out what you know these different people knew. Yeah, I agree. And how everybody felt. Yes. Uh, one thing that has come up in listening to them, I think, is that there is some kind of disconnect, and I don't know exactly how to put this in any way, but. Especially when Ryan and I talk, we're kind of hammering home some of these fundamental ideas. Kind of what we talk about on the show is not rocket science. Don't do drugs. Wow, who didn't think of that one? Don't uh, stay up till four in the morning every night. Wow, who didn't see that one coming? You know, keep a pretty good schedule. Uh, wow, no, I never heard that one before. This is not rocket science. Follow your doctor's orders. Wow not rocket science yet if that's so easy why is it so hard for people and to some extent we heard with the round table we hear people telling generally the correct ways to think about and talk about some of this stuff and yet there's just seems to be something missing some little piece of reality and i can't quite put my finger on it and also recently we've had a discussion specifically about your sleep habits and knowing my sleep habits themselves are not great. So with that in mind, there does seem to be something missing. What do you think that is? I think it's all just a lot easier said than done. There's so many restrictions you're putting on there. And really, even though they're not rocket science, they're not the norm. It's not... It's not, it's not the norm to not do drugs? Well, for maybe drugs, but when it comes to like sleeping patterns... And lately in society, healthy eating hasn't really been a norm either. Correct. Even at my college, groups have meetings at 10 o'clock at night. You start meeting at 10. That's going to affect your sleep right there. You're not going to get back to your room until probably at least 1130. Why um, do you have meetings at 10? That's just when sometimes people will schedule them because they know, you know, it's not easy to plan a meeting during the day because people have classes. You don't want it to conflict with the groups that have their meetings at, say, 7 o'clock at night. What if they so, had a group, What if you were a diabetic and they had a group that said, you have to eat loads of ice cream while you have this group? I sort of feel like that's un- unrealistic. But even if there was, that would most likely... I want to say that that's probably something you'd know before you join the group, whereas you don't really know the meeting times before you join the group. But even if, I feel like if you told them, okay, I'm a diabetic, well then, that's an exception they'd make. But you're not going to go to a group and be like, oh, I'm bipolar, so I need to get good sleep. That's not something people are as comfortable saying as, oh, I'm a diabetic. Why not? Because of the stigma we've talked about in the roundtable. Right. But but let's say you don't even say that I'm bipolar. You just say, look, I value getting my sleep, and I think it's healthy. Therefore, I I don't know that I can put my, screw my schedule up. 
by coming to your study session at ten thirty. It all goes with what works for the group. You're one member of the group, and if the group sure needs to meet at that comrade. time, I'm well. I'm having that exact issue right now for work. They're sending out a doodle poll of you know a. It's basically a a survey right. of when good times to meet are. Right. And there's times on the survey the meeting is supposed to be at least almost two hours long. Right. There's meeting times that are at nine o'clock at night, nine thirty, ten, all the way till starting. I want to say at ten thirty at night, the meeting starting. And so far, it's looking like that works for the majority, and it's going to go by the a majority. A meeting start a two-hour meeting starts at ten thirty at night. Yes. And that is reasonable for work. For yeah. work. Mm-hmm. So it's not like something you can just be like, well, my priority. Well, technically you could, and you. But if your priority was your sleep above your above this meeting, you'd lose the job. So it's not as if an activity. Oh, you can miss one meeting and still be a part of the activity. You'd lose the job if you don't go to these meetings. I guess we talked about this earlier. That sounds like an exception that could be made. But that sounds like an exception that would be made constantly. Mm-hmm. It'd be a weekly thing. Right, at least once a week, and that's just that one thing. Yep. There could be something every other night, right? Yeah. And I guess, where does the person's individuality come in to say, look, I've got to do what i got to do that's healthy for me? Because I agree, there are things that will pull you and convince you in every way that you are out of control. We've talked about this before, but it's different with each person of where the limit is. It's hard to set a limit for another person because you can set the limit, but once again, it comes into... Then they have to decide, is there going to be an exception to that limit? But ultimately, what we're talking about is if you decide to get serious about whatever issue you have, and for our issue we talk about on this show is bipolar disorder, depression, dysthymia, those types of mood disorders, um, which are prevalent in college and uh, even teen years. What we're saying is, is it realistic if you decide to get serious? How realistic is it that you can really change your behavior healthily? I... It's healthily more... I'm saying it's I don't think so. Oh, alright. That works. I think it's possible. If But you're telling decides. me it's not possible. It's possible to set those as guidelines, I think. Right. And to strive for them. Right. But I don't think it's possible to hold someone accountable to meeting all of those well, rules. Ultimately, it's... the only person you can hold accountable is yourself. Ultimately. True, but there's other... I don't think it's fair to expect someone with expectations of having of having someone meet all those... But don't your professors, they expect you to meet certain expectations, and they don't usually bend all that much. They say, here's the expectations, you do them, or else. Yeah, but why is it that you as a person cannot have that same kind of thing? Here is what I do. And either that gets met in people who violate those boundaries or else kind of thing. You can do that. You can set yourself up like that and say, okay, I need to follow these eight rules and I'm going to do it. Well, let, let's and go down by you can by. stress yourself out every time you miss it. And I don't think that's healthy. Okay. So you need to set realistic goals. Yeah. What think, What is unrealistic about don't do drugs? In in my opinion, nothing for that for that. Okay, rule, uh, that's, it's college. My friends have invited me out to the bowling alley. We're gonna have a few drinks. 
What's wrong with that? It depends on the person. Are you an alcoholic? Are well, we know for bipolar bipolar disorder, uh, most people living with that disorder uh, at some point in their life will have a over half will have a substance abuse problem or alcohol problem. At some but point, but just in their because life. it's the, the statistics are over half, that doesn't mean you are. So if you have drank before and you're able to go out to your friends at the bowling alley and drink one drink and be done, yeah, there's I don't see any problem with that. But if you know yourself, it all depends on how well you know yourself. If you know yourself and you go out and one drink becomes two drinks becomes three, then no. So does anybody start out going, I'm going to be an alcoholic? No. If you keep in touch with yourself and know your limits, I think you're less likely to become addicted because you know that's when that's how you know when there's a problem. Then why would anybody become an alcoholic? They don't know. They're not paying attention. They just... Right. How is that different from anybody? Oh, I thought I could handle it. I was wrong. And you know what we know? Over half of the people with bipolar disorder end up being wrong about that. Let's go down. Let's go item by item. Because we just started with, with drugs and alcohol. And ultimately what we're getting back to is you keep, not you specifically, but people keep making exceptions to the rule. Until one day it's not even a rule anymore. I'm going to work out today. Oh, but... I'm busy today, so I'll work out tomorrow. I didn't get that done, so you know what? Screw it all. Not going to work out this week. Next week. Start next week. And then next month. Until you always have a reason that's very many times good, at least in your mind, as why not to work out. You have many good reasons why not to eat correctly. When do the exceptions stop being valid? That's another thing that I just really feel like it's based... On the person, you can't, you can set guidelines and boundaries for yourself, but I don't feel like you can set them for another person. Everyone's different, okay. and everyone's case is different. And I know that's sort of like you're making exceptions for different people, but I agree you're with not going to have the same lifestyle as, you know, 10 other people. Everybody has a different lifestyle, everybody has different boundaries of what works for them and what what they're able to manage and right. so it's really about knowing yourself but and aren't there rules of thumb like for alcoholics anonymous for instance that's a program that's worked for lots of people because they assume that there are similarities between alcoholics mm -hmm. for us we assume that there are similarities between people who are depressed because we know that depression by its definition is this thing where you don't have a good sleep schedule, uh, you, you're you isolating yourself generally, you feel down and you focus on death and bad things. These things we know are common, so we can make certain judgments. And you're right, everything, just like depression, it has different combinations depending on who you are. But the generalities of it tend to be true, and the generalities of what fights those tend to be true. I feel like you, you can generalize you know, okay, bipolar, these are the eight guidelines you should follow. Don't drink, don't do drugs, take your medications if you have any. Sleep well, have it be regular sleep, exercise, eat well. And I think those are the guidelines. But when you say, okay, you're bipolar, so you need to do these eight things. Let's not make exceptions. Don't drink at all. Make sure you get the you know at least eight hours of sleep and have baby regularly sleep. When you put all those restrictions on someone, 
they, especially, I feel like at this age, it's overwhelming. What about, you know, my peers are all doing this. Granted, they don't have bipolar, but they're doing this. And then it can get frustrating to a point where it's like, screw this. I have bipolar, but I, even to a sense, it becomes like, I don't want to have it. I have to do so many things to be happier or to be healthy with this bipolar. There's no way I'm going to be able to do all that. And I'm going to pretend like it never happened. You're saying that it's such an intense kind of scheduling. If, if that you're it becomes, so rigid. You're setting, up, you're setting yourself up to fail. Yes. I, I feel like you're basically, it becomes a much bigger struggle. Whereas instead you say, okay, these are the guidelines. This is what I want to try and do. If I do drink, you know, I don't want to drink. But if I do, I need to be aware that this is an issue. So I need to make sure that I, if I do, I only drink maybe a beer. If, okay. If that. Like, I don't want to do it. If I do, I have to re- remember this is something, like, I need to watch out for. I hear what you're saying, and I agree with what you're saying. But now we're already getting back to that same problem, which is... I think most alcoholics started off that way. I, I'm just going to do one... It's the most cocaine addicts, same thing. I'm going to do a line, do a couple lines. Now I'm doing a mound of cocaine. But if you're really predisposed to become an alcoholic, telling you not to drink at all, like you have people going to A and tell them not to drink, and three months later they're in a mission, they're back to square one. But it, that, that is that's part- not going to solve it either. No, but that is the point. I and mean, you go into Alcoholics Anonymous, part of it is they start ferreting out every little what they call self lies that you tell yourself so you can drink. Everything is how you're dealing with the world, and nine times out of ten, almost everything is setting you back up to drink because that's how you have structured your life. And, you know, I've met people who are recidivist criminals, which means they commit crimes over and over. And, you know, you and I, hopefully, it's not hard for us to stay out of jail. But for them, it for some reason becomes hard to stay out of jail. And you're like, why? Because what is really occurring, there is a normalization of this weird way of living that just they're like, how am I supposed to not sling dope on the corner anymore? And then they start coming up with all the most sad stories. I'm going to be homeless. I got a kid to feed. I ain't got no money. I got to go sell drugs on the corner where I'm probably going to get sent to jail, not have any money to take care of my kid that way. But once again, what it is, is they are once again back doing that. There is a normalization. And I would say the same thing is happening in college. You're right. There's all these things that are normalizing bad behavior. So what? Fight it. it. What does it mean to change your life if not to fight all this stuff that's telling you the exact opposite? I feel like that's setting you up more for failure. I I sort of disagree that making that exception will cause more problems than setting that strict rule. Because if you somehow screw up that rule, and your you know your rule is don't drink, and then you know you end up taking a drink, and then it's like, well, I'm off that one. I didn't follow that rule anymore, so I'm just going to drink more because now I'm angry that I drank in the first place. Whereas if you just sort of accept it, like, okay, if you're going to become an alcoholic, it's going to happen. Telling 
yourself, okay, I have this rule of not drinking. I, I don't feel like making the exception of using them as a guideline rather as a strict rule. I don't think that's going to make a difference. Right. And, and I hear what you're saying. It's set yourself up by, for failure where you're just going to chuck the whole thing because you can't live up to these certain principles because life is pulling then, you in the other direction. It's not... It's life is pulling you in the di- different direction. It's not that it's too hard to do all those, but to set those rigid rules, I feel like it takes some control away from you in some sense. Because you're setting... How? Because you're setting these rigid rules, but it's like, why am I doing these rules? Because I have to, because it's what I need, because I'm bipolar. Because Not I, I because think it's healthier. If you're doing it because you think it's healthier, I feel like it's more of a guideline. When you're, you're doing it because... I shouldn't drop a bowling ball on my foot because it's healthier. It's just a guideline? Yeah, in some sense... <laughs> I would say that's a rule. I if you catch me trying to drop a bowling ball on my foot, tell me not to do that. Please. Well, it's not Yeah, but you're making the choice. You're yes. saying, yeah, it's a yes. good idea. There you no, go. You're making the choice because you're like, okay, it's a bad idea to drop a bowling ball on my foot. The the guideline is, hey, I shouldn't do that. But you know what? If for some reason you wanted to, you could. And that would be unhealthy. I would be making an unhealthy choice to drop a bowling ball on my foot, right? Yeah. It couldn't be, well, the world wants me to because they'll get a good laugh, so I should go ahead and do it. Agreed. Ultimately, what I'm saying is there's very few times where you should be drinking and using drugs. Now, drinking is an acceptable thing. Smoking is acceptable. And I understand people are going to do that. It's fine. But I think if you make it a hard and fast rule and you live up to it it's every bit you can, you'll still probably fall short. And it's like if you have a diet and you work out all the time, there's going to be days you don't work out well, no matter how hard you try to do it. And there'll be times where somebody slips you some cheesecake or whatever, and you'll eat that. And that's just going to happen, no matter how hard you do it. But... The point is you come back to it and go, I realize that I made that choice and I'm still trying to live up to this. And to some extent, it is an ideal you'll never hit. But on the flip side, you just don't go, well, it's just an ideal. I'm not going to hit it because that's setting yourself up to give yourself an out. Oh, well, yeah. You don't want to say if you say it like that, like, oh, I'm not just going to hit it. I feel like that's not a guideline. That's of, oh, I should do that, but I'm really not going to. A guideline is, no, this is what I want to strive for. This is a goal. Right. This is what's good. Right. And this is what I want to not, if not be all the time, be the strong majority. Right. But it's not a hard, fast rule of, oh, you have to do that. And, oh, you have to. I just think bull, um, and this is kind of, what I kind of messed with you about with that one night where we went over those cognitive distortions, they have so many ways that are just nonsense of convincing themselves of doing what they want to do anyway, that if you made it a harder rule, at least it would stop you and make you think for a moment. I am violating this hard rule. I mean, it's like your parents. If your parents make a rule, you know pretty well if you're going to violate it because you know if you sneak out at night, 
you know, they'll be waiting up for you when you come home if you get found out. And to some extent, there are sacrifices you have to make for your health. And that's just the way it's got to be. I would, for boys specifically, I would say, you know, video games. I don't care what everybody else level everybody else is getting to on Madden. You can't be playing three or four hours a night because it won't be like that. It'll be seven hours and that'll be what you do. That'll be your new job. That'll be it. And if you wanted to tell me that, well, I just play for 10 hours every now and then, and that sounds reasonable, that's very much, sounds to me very much like, I just do cocaine every now Nobody and then. Nobody should play for 10 hours in a row. That's, that's extremely common. Extremely common. That's Don't people need to go do other things? Yeah, I would agree they do, but that t- changes nothing. Turn off the video games. I would guarantee you... Half the people, listen here, have at least one or two stories where they stayed up and played video games at least 10 hours. Okay, once, if you have a huge party and have a bunch no, of No, no. Especially some of those, like, adventure games. Oh, man, I am, I am halfway through this. And then you figure out, well, I'm not halfway through it. Four more hours, I'll get this mother yet. And, like, A, B, A, B, A, B. Uh, start over. Uh, die. I'll see about that. That is such a... It is like something hitting a, a button in your brain. And especially when you go out and talk to your friends about it. You're like, hey, did you get to the Super Bowl yet? No. I'm on my third season. What's wrong with you? And it's like you feel left out. Not to mention you're not having the fun that you were if you're not playing that game as much. But there is no two ways about it. I mean, Ryan has a thing he's going to be talking about where he shows how video games are designed very much like a casino. It's gambling. It's very comparable to a gambling addiction. And they try to keep you playing regardless of the fact what you do. I'll give you an example. One night, I played for two hours on my phone. I have one of those phones. I had a video game. I, I bet horses for two hours. On your phone? Yes, but they were, they were not real horses. They were virtual horses. <laughs> And I won virtual money with it. And at the end of the at that two hours, I had like I had amassed something like a thousand dollars in fake money that I could do nothing with. But like every after every race, I was like almost. And afterwards, I was like, "What did I just do? Two hours? Uh, that's two hours I'll never have back." And I was like, "I should have been doing this other stuff. I have these deadlines I got to meet." Nope, not as good as the virtual horse racing. So, this is a theme I think we're going to come back to over the coming weeks, which is how realistic is it to try to change your life in a positive way that is consistent? Because anybody can change it for a day. I mean, I talk to at least 10 people every year who stop smoking today, next week. Well, I didn't smoke that day. Changed my life for that day. Great. Great. I'm sure the heart disease stopped for that day as well. It's liver. What? Lung disease, not heart disease. Uh, It inflames heart disease as well. All right, and on that note, we will wrap this up. This is a contentious issue, and it's not one with an easy answer. So comment if you need to. Bye, y'all.